0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a fresh new episode of Phillies Today as we move through the beginning of the offseason, the hot stove part of Major League Baseball as we sit here on Monday, November 13th. But continuing through the offseason we go. And I want to start with uh, a report from Buster Olney, uh, basically saying, (laughs) countering what Mark Fisand reported uh, a few days prior, that the Phillies were going to uh, they were looking to put Nick Castellanos on the trade block. And so Buster Olney puts out a report. This was, I think, three days ago. Saying that the Phillies aren't interested in moving Nick Castellanos. Consider him, they consider him an important part of the team and value his production and, and have no intention of trading him. I tend to believe Buster Olney's report more than I do Fai Sands. And maybe this is because I'm more for not trading to Castellanos, but regardless, it makes more sense. Castellanos, they signed him to a big deal. In the second year of his big deal, he was productive, um, especially offensively. And that's what they expected out of him. They expected him to put up big numbers offensively. And that's what he did for the most part last year with the 29 home runs and the OPS above league average. So, and he had still had relatively good numbers in the postseason. So I tend to believe Buster Olney's report more than I do the Mark Feisand report. I don't want to get too much into this because you guys already know my thoughts on potentially trading Nick Castellanos. I did that last episode. If you do want to hear those thoughts, you can listen to the last episode that I did on Thursday. But for this episode, I'm going to move off of that. I just wanted to put that out there. Buster only, Ol- Buster ESPN's Major League Baseball reporter, saying that the Phillies aren't interested in moving Castellanos. And it once again, the quote, consider him an important part of the team, value his production, and have no intention of training him. Who knows what to believe? I think Mark Feisan's a, a good reporter. He's a well-respected reporter. so. I'm not sure, but this report comes out from Buster Olney, and the Phillies still think the best option is to not move him. But again, if you want to hear more extended thoughts on that, go listen to the last episode I did um, about four days ago. So off of that, other, I mean, besides that, there's nothing really to update you on. Um, a couple of things, uh, I guess, that are newsworthy. Harper wins, Bryce Harper wins his third silver slugger, of his career last one coming in 2021 when he won his second most valuable player award in his first as a Philadelphia Philly but Harper wins a silver slugger and I'm gonna be honest like the first thought was why how and I guess the other that I mean there weren't other there, there were the other names that were thrown out there and um, shout out to Eric Clambera um, who tweeted me and said that you know JD Martinez is another name out there, but he didn't play or he he was hurt, but he he had a good season, and I could see that comparison. But I forgot about Marcelo Ozuna. Marcelo Ozuna played almost I think 140 games as a DH to Bryce Harper's 89, and Ozuna had 40 homers and 100 RBIs, and had a great OPS so I don't know if they're factoring in off the field stuff and they're factoring in that Bryce is you know Mr. you know one of the faces of baseball because apparently that's got to factor into it because I think Ozuna should have won Silver Slugger as a DH doesn't really make any sense but regardless like you know Bryce Harper still had a uh, you know, a good season at the plate coming off the injury, and the second half he had power-wise, very good. But I didn't think he really deserved that silver slugger, but congrats to him anyway. And, um, yeah, so Bryce Harper wins silver slugger. Another one, to, another thing to update you on um, recently, Oliver Dunn, um, named he's a Phillies uh, minor league player. who was named Arizona Fall League Breakout Player of the Year. He's a 26-years-old Rule 5 pick. Uh, from 2022, taken from the New York Yankees, and he led the Phillies organization with a 148 WRC weighted to runs to created plus during the regular season for Double A Reading. Had a really good year. Handled three infield positions, finished perfect in stolen base attempts, going 12 for 12, and ranked second in triples with four, fourth in OPS uh, at one 107 one. And fifth in batting average at 342. Um, so he is at Arizona Fall League's um, breakout player of the year, where he hit, this is according to baseball reference, at 343, 455 on base, 616 slugging, uh, like the OPS I mentioned. Um, and in Redding, in Redding this year, what, 21 homers, 271 average, 396 on base. 506 slugging, 902 OPS, 211 total bases. So Oliver Dunn uh, winning Arizona Fall League Player of the Year and also having, having a really good year in Reading in 119 games like those games that I had just mentioned. So Oliver Dunn, somebody I guess to look out for going forward. I'm not sure. He's not in like the top thirty Phillies prospects or anything, at least from what I read on their website. He's not there, but congrats, to Oliver Dunn, winning Arizona Fall League Breakout Player of the Year as he has a really good Arizona Fall League in nineteen games, putting up really stellar numbers. So again, congrats to Oliver Dunn in the Arizona Fall League. So let's next segment. So let's go to. Underappreciated Phillies, like I've done, I started this. I guess this time last week, I think it was on. It was Monday of last week where started this segment and talked about uh, Scott Rowland was the first underappreciated Philly. I still feel like he's underappreciated just because of you know some of the the comments that he made and in the past about St. Louis being baseball heaven and about you know the whole rift between him and the Philly's fan base and their relationship, and it might not have been, like, fantastic. But I think I was a little overblown, like I talked about, but if you want to hear more on that, you can go back to that episode uh, about a week ago where I talked about Scott Rowland being an underappreciated Philly, but let's continue this segment. So, coming up at number two, well, not number two, but the second player I'm doing here, and I think... I think this is attributed to some of the Phillies, you know, their, their mediocre, their, their bad and mediocre years from early 2010s to up until 2021, then that was their last, I guess, mediocre-ish season. Hector Neris, or Hector Neris, I can't believe that's said a name like that. Neris, I, well, I guess either way, but I'm pretty sure it's Neris. Hector Neris, second player I'm doing here as an underappreciated Philly... 2014 to 2021 was his tenure with the Phillies. In eight years with the Phillies, 342 ERA. That's good for a 124 ERA plus. He pitched over 400 innings uh, and 11 and, a half, 11 and a half strikeouts per nine innings and 84 saves through those eight years. He was not a steady closer for the Phillies. Yes, there were you know some reasons for that. He wasn't super duper consistent as a closer, but But regardless, he was a very good reliever. I won't say very. He was a good reliever in the years where the Phillies had some bad bullpens. Had some bad bullpens, especially in those like 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. Like those years where the Phillies have had some bad bullpens in the late 2010s and the early 2020s so far. And Neris was a good reliever. He was like the standout reliever from these from these teams. And I never thought that, you know, he fully got, and it might've been because of his personality. And I totally understand that, but I thought he was a very good reliever in those years that he, that the Phillies just, you know, you had those a lot. I, I mean, I can go with a bunch of those names from, from, uh, those late 2010s teams or, or whatnot. Um, before you get your Alvarado's. I mean, Sir Anthony was there too, but Sir Anthony was hurt. But again, like nearest was not like nearest was a, he was putting up consistently good numbers, save for a few years. I think there was like the 2020 year. Again, it was a shortened season and 2018 where he had ERA over five, but save for those years. If you look at his, his, at his numbers, like throughout the other years, like, his first first full year with the Phillies, like, twenty uh in 2015, 379 ERA. 2016, uh, even better, 258. 2017, 301. 2018 was the bad year. 2019, 293 ERA in 67 innings. 2021 is last year, 363 ERA. And that was good for an ERA plus of 115. So, I just thought that Nearest was... In those years, and I get it because the year the Phillies weren't either weren't good or they were mediocre at best. I thought he was a player, or a, excuse me, an arm that maybe got a little bit of flack because of his personality, but relatively, he was a good reliever overall as a Philly. And I didn't think he maybe got is just due to a certain extent. I think he could have gotten a little more. Praise from from the fan base a little bit throughout those years, where he was a guy that was, for the most part, a consistent reliever out of the bullpen, and he was here for a while too. He's here for eight years, man. He was here for eight years. It wasn't like he was here for a couple of years, like Papelbon. Papelbon, somebody I've thought about doing for this segment too. I'm not sure. He was here for a couple of years. All time saves leader. Just saying, all time saves leader. But Hector Neeris. For me, an underappreciated Philly. But let me know what you think. Go on Twitter at Rojas underscore media underscore. Tell me what your thoughts are on Hector Neeris. Was he underappreciated? Was he appreciated just as he should have been? Should it have not been? Uh, you know what should have been what it was. It felt like the fan base, to a certain extent, felt like the fan base was split. Even kind of like it was for Hoskins for a while and for Nola. And interestingly enough, I think I, I I guess was Neris homegrown to a certain extent. I mean, it doesn't say that he was I mean, he came up through the minors with the Phillies. So interesting enough, Hector near, but Hector Neris was here for a while. So I I, I would put I would put Neris as underappreciated with the Phillies, but again, let me know what you think. Let me know what you think. So that's my underappreciated Philly for today. Hector nearest 2014 to 2021. Let me know what you think on that. So another new segment. As as we're going as we're here, you know, going through the off season, it's the off season can get a tiny bit dry at certain times. And right now is one of those times for the most part. No no free agents uh, signings happening. No trades to be uh, talked about as of right now. So there's there's nothing really to talk about, hot stove wise. And this is where I like to I like to have a little bit of fun as far as trying to get creative and f- uh give you guys some some segments that I've thought about, you know, throughout. The months throughout, whatever, just trying to, just trying to get creative at certain points. I'm always trying to be creative, but especially the off season here, I can get creative as far as doing some different segments that I can't do in the regular season because there's so, so much happening. So today, I want to give you guys another new segment. I gave you guys the Underappreciated Philly last uh, last week. This week, let's do Remembering a Phillies team. And I want to I give you guys teams that, I mean, honestly, I like picking at random. And t- today, I, it kind of just popped into my mind. 2019. The 2019 Phillies. So what I'm going to do here is, and maybe you guys can tell me, like, let me know on Twitter, at Rojas underscore, media underscore. Give me a team that I want to go through. I want to pick a team, a Phillies team and basically what I remember from that Phillies team, like the good, the bad, what I remember the most from each of these Phillies teams. So today I want to do 2019 and talk about what I remember most about the 2019 season. I'll give you guys a couple of things, but just in general, what I remember from that season. So first thing, of course, we all remember it. Bryce Harper being signed here, the, the off season and everybody, everybody wanting to sign Bryce and or maybe it was split with Bryce and Machado or signing both. There were the reports that they, they, they potentially could, could try and sign both. Um, I'm happy the way it worked out. I think we're all happy the way it worked out. I think Manny was good for those San Diego teams so far. I think he has become a leader in that clubhouse, even though that clubhouse isn't maybe the the best clubhouse in baseball, at least from what the reports are. I still think that was a good signing for them, but Bryce being signed here in 2019, and I just remember the hype. Everyone's so excited. Everyone's so excited when they signed him. It was incredible. It was the biggest story. You know, one of the biggest stories in Philadelphia sports history, honestly. Like, I I feel like I'd rank that up there. Philly signing Harper, like, one of the biggest moments and signings in Philadelphia sports history. And so, Harper being signed here, obviously, number one. That was... That was the biggest thing about that season, the number one thing. Number two, the hype around that team. Because remember, Harper wasn't the only one signed. He wasn't the only uh, big name that was signed and uh, big trade because there were trades too. But that team was so stacked. So you had Bryce get signed 13 years, $330 million. Andrew McCutcheon, three years, $50 million. That was it. Was an interesting signing, but it was a, it was a big name too, so everyone was excited. David Robertson. Who ended up <laughs> pitching like one, having like what one or two appearances? Signed a two year twenty three million dollar deal. You get JT in a trade, JT Muto, and you traded Jorge Alfaro and uh, Sixto Sanchez to get JT. You got Gene Segura, who was I, I believe was coming off maybe a bad title, maybe not. Regardless, he was a a good bat. Um, Gene Segura uh, trading uh, Segura and um, a few for a few other guys and. Giving up Carlos Santana and J.P. Crawford, but you got Jose Alvarez. So those big names: Segura, Romuto, Harper, Kutch, Robertson. Those guys were big time names. Like all of those guys were big time names. I like, think about it. Kutch won an MVP. David Robertson won a won a World Series with the Yankees and been a re- well revered reliever in the past. Romuto, one of the best catchers in baseball. Segura, big bat or as fo- good contact bat. So Phillies, the, the hype around that team was so ridiculous. I remember that. And I was like, all right, let's chill out on the world series thing. Let's chill out on the world series, but like this should be a playoff team. But then disappointment happened and it all started with Andrew McCutcheon being hurt, getting hurt in early June against the Padres. Uh, it was an ACL tear, I believe. And, Team ended up finishing 81 and 81. They had a good start to that point. They were in first place in the Middle East, I believe. Until Andrew McCutcheon got hurt, and then it was all downhill from there in June and on and second half of the year. And they ended up finishing 81 and 81 that season. And it was it was a disappointment. But one of those things I remember from that year was saying, Well, they gotta fix the pitching. Like, like Nola I liked some of the other the other arms in that rotation, but a lot of them were questionable. Like, Eflin was questionable. He ended up having a decent year, uh, but still, he was not your number two. And then you had Arrieta, and then you had Vince Velasquez. Like, you look at a lot of these names. Like, the bullpen was, wasn't was great, like, outside of, like, Neris and Jose Alvarez. Um, and even in Ranger Suarez was in that bullpen. It forgot about that. Uh, I don't know if that was his first year with the Phillies, but... Ranger Suarez was a part of that bullpen. I think it was. No, twenty eighteen was his well, twenty nineteen was his first full year. And he was really good. So that the the pitching was something that concerned me. I don't think people talked about it enough, and it ended up being a big reason to why the Phillies weren't able to make the playoffs that year because the offense was still really good. You still had Real Muto, Hoskins, Segura, who didn't have a great first year, but um, Kutch got hurt, uh, Kingery, Kingery actually had a good year. Scott Kingery actually had a good year with the Phillies that year. And then Bryce had a, Bryce had a good year, you know, 35 homers, 126 OPS plus. Um, he was generally, he had generally had a good year. Didn't have an MVP season like he had the next year, but he was generally still good. So the last thing there was disappointment with that Phillies team because the pitching was the reason why the Phillies weren't able to get it done that year in 2019, but still a lot of hype around that season. There was a season that was remembered maybe for the, for the excitement in the beginning, but ended up being disappointment and weren't able to get back to the playoffs till 2022 where we made it to the world series, but the 2019 team, let me know what your thoughts were on that 2019 Phillies team. What you remember the most about, that Phil's team, is the is it the Harper signing or is it more of the disappointment? Give me that. More of the Harper signing or was it disappointment from the 2019 season? So, remembering a Phillies team. Let me know what other seasons I should do coming up this offseason. I'm going to try to do that, more of that this offseason. Introduce some more of these segments as we go throughout the hot stove offseason. So, remembering a Phillies team. 2019 today. But let me know what other teams I should do. So, Last thing before I get you guys out of here, around Major League Baseball, um, not a whole lot happening, but a few things happening in the last couple of days. The Houston Astros will be hiring a new manager. I don't know if it's necessarily confirmed that he is the manager, but it sounds like they're, they're hiring bench coach Joe Espada, who spent the last six years as a bench coach for the Houston Astros. So he will be... Following up Dusty Baker, who won a World Series with the Astros a couple of years ago. Uh, we all remember that, unfortunately, against the Phillies. But Astros will be hiring Joe Espada, who has spent the last six seasons as the bench coach for the Houston Astros. So Joe Espada, the new Astros manager, looks like. Um, Silver Sluggers were also announced, as I told you with Bryce. Bryce won Silver Slugger. Uh, William Contreras... Let's go through the National League real quick. Catcher, William Contreras. Matt Olson at first base. Luis Arias with another batting title, hitting three fifty four on the year at second base. Francisco Lindor. Shortstop, Austin Riley. Third base, Cody Bellinger. Utility. In the outfield, Acuna. Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, and Juan Soto. They are your National League winners. The American League winners, DH, of course, Shohei Otani. Catcher, Adley Rushman. Also from Baltimore, utility guy Gunnar Henderson, who will probably win Rookie of the Year later today. Yandy Diaz at first base. Marcus Semien, Corey Seager, uh, your second base and shortstop combo from Texas. Rafael Devers from Boston at third base wins it. Kyle Tucker, Julio Rodriguez, and Luis Robert Jr. in the outfield. Those are your uh, Silver Slugger winners from the National League and the American League. And... Uh, that's pretty much about it. The manager of the year, or excuse me, the rookie of the year will be announced today. Manager of the year will be announced tomorrow. Cy Young on Wednesday and MVP on Thursday. So those are some things to watch. Probably not any Phillies winning any of those, but definitely something to watch. So that's going to do it for me today. Francisco Rojas on Phillies Today on 94 WIP. Make sure you're tuned in for me, Ben Kenny, Justin Morgenstein. We got you throughout the week on Phillies Today as we're going to get you through the off season and we're going to get you up until spring training where I know we're going to be excited for that. So that's going to do it for me, Francis Rojas. I'll talk to you guys soon.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.